Hi, I'm Dane Shiner. And I'm J.V. Hampton Van Sant. And welcome to Wannabe Film Buffs. Where we watch all the movies that we somehow managed to miss until now. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, hello. This week, it's, uh, it's Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I, I'll start us off with a little fun thing. Okay. Which is, I will tell the listeners my little roommate story. Um, oh, no. Not all of it. I'm just going to tell them <laughs> about my old roommate. So my old roommate for my first year of college looked exactly like Edward Norton did throughout this entire movie. <laughs> now, I at that point hadn't... This is my first time watching this movie. Like, this... For this show that... So I went, you know, 12 years after meeting somebody that looked exactly like this man and then had to just have my brain jump back, like, 12 goddamn years to when I, like, met my former roommate... It, yeah, no, his face really did look exactly like that. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> there were several other stories that are just fun when you know that as a little fact. Um, there's fun little things that happen, including the time we almost became strippers. But that, my <laughs> dears, is a Patreon story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, this is my first time seeing this movie. It was an interesting thing. It was also interesting going into this knowing the twist at the end. Yeah. It actually colors the experience in a way that I think is probably better. Yeah. Because then you because you, you catch all of these little things that happen mm. throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. That, like, you're supposed to go back, like... When they show it to you later, then you go back and you're like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's intended for you to watch it twice. But if you know it going in, it actually makes it more fun because you will see those little tiny things that hint at other things throughout the yes. whole thing. It just makes it a better first experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, Fight Club uh, released in 1999, directed by... David Fincher, also the director of Madonna's Vogue music video. Screenplay by... <laughs> and express yourself. Let us never forget. <laughs> Three things on the Immaculate Collection. All right. Uh, screenplay by Jim Uls. U-H-L-S. Don't know how to pronounce that one. Uh, and. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, based on the novel by Chuck Palahniuk, I know how to pronounce that because I had a therapist who lived in the same town as Chuck Palahniuk. And mm. for some reason he came up and he's like, yeah, it's pronounced Palahniuk. <laughs> wow. That's funny because I would literally never have gotten that. And I just call him Chucky. <laughs> uh, I thought it was Palahniuk. <laughs> oh, That'll do it. I I will continue to call him Chucky because it feels correct. Okay. Um, it is also call him Charles and be a real asshole about it. But like Charles Paul, uh... <laughs> Charles. That you know that writer Charles. That writer Charles. You know he's a little. You know. know. Charles. 
seems. I kind of love it just a little bit. Um, this, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This what is, was uh, this up for? Did it win anything? Um, yeah, it was number 11 on our list, and it had one Oscar nomination. Um, it was, let's see, uh, Best Sound Effects Editing. It was won by The Matrix, though. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, shit. Is The Matrix on this list? I yes, know, it is. I, okay, yeah. I was going to say, we've definitely discussed this before. This is not <laughs> the first time The Matrix has come up during a like discussion of films, generally. Um, I can't wait for when we get to that one. I actually, like, I remember the first time watching it, really enjoying the first one and the third one. I have not seen any of them. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Yep. It's it might be interesting considering the weird little political shit that's happening right now. And... Oh, the fucking red pill nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Um it's going to be interesting considering that if you so sort of extract the current like weird commentary surrounding that, then it's like it's it's fine, but in any case, um, Elon Musk would be in a fight club. <laughs> My mouth is just a gate because I don't have anything to say to that. I'm like, because you're not wrong. Like, you're, you are in no way, shape, or form wrong. Part of me wanted to be like, I'd fucking love to see that shit. I'd love to see that man attempt to throw a punch. I would love to see Brad Pitt beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I would, you know what? I would love to see a fist connect with Elon Musk's, 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 what? Musk's. I can't speak. Thank you. <laughs> I would like to see a fist connect with his face. Like, I really would love to see that. And I, I can't justify why. I'm not even usually a giant fan of violence. It's just simply like, I just some people I I I dislike and I I would like to see them get punched uh-huh. in the face and specifically take... for naming his child X Ash A twelve. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, you know that was a fucking publicity stunt. One? Oh, yeah. that's how you pronounce the deck. Okay, yes. I was confused. Um, mm-hmm. I was confused. I'm like, I don't know how to pronounce that thing, so I'm literally never going to refer to his child, which actually might have been a smart plan. Yeah. In that regard, I will give that part a smart plan as the media will then be less likely to verbally talk about your kid. I mean, I just think it was one big publicity stunt, but you know. Oh, it absolutely was because that's the only thing he's able to do. Yeah. Like to do that. Also, look, going back and looking at old photos of him is real funny. <laughs> he, it, there was a glow up at one point and it is, it is. Sh- it is stark. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, and that's saying something because he's not really a looker now. No. <laughs> but um, speaking of people who aren't necessarily lookers, um, this film is um, full of very interesting people. Yeah. Um, star-studded cast that I was not prepared for um for example was very much not prepared for david leto despite the fact jared yeah yeah uh, jared leto. david leto jesus why did i say david leto david letterman, david letterman was what i was thinking of <laughs> what i don't know i don't know why that even would be happening like yeah. i wasn't looking at any whatever um 
But yeah, wasn't prepared for Jared Leto. Yeah. Was not prepared for it. And also didn't recognize him as we were going through it. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking didn't recognize him at all. Um, and that, ugh. God damn. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it was interesting. I also realized that I will never recognize Meatloaf. like similarly to like to how i didn't like identify who jared leto was i absolutely would not recognize um meatloaf if i saw him just ever (laughs) i mean jared leto hasn't had short hair in about a decade so that's understandable i mean with the exception of Suicide Squad for a moment. I mean, you couldn't even identify him as Jared Leto in that because of all the fucking makeup, so. Well, yeah. Yeah. In any case, um, I... Are expectations going in? Uh, um, uh, mm, I... I have seen this before. So, uh, my expectations were to like it less because I have since then read the book. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it less because I have since then read the book. Fair enough. Um, I was, well, there's a story with this, which is that the day prior to this, I had listened to a podcast that was, um, it's a, it's an awesome podcast that I do highly recommend. It is called American Hysteria. Okay. Um, and they had just put out an episode on men's rights activists uh-huh. which is interesting um and i learned a lot from just listening to that including the fact that um <clears throat> that there is something that i forgot specifically how it is referenced in the podcast but there is something that ties to men's rights activists in this movie in some way like that they look to this movie for something, but they take away the wrong message from it, like in the way that, you know, that happens with like every fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> we will get to what I think about all of that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh like, my fucking God. So going into this movie, I was expecting a lot of like really heavily chauvinistic bullshit. <laughs> And it's not that I didn't get that. It's that there weren't, is that there was all of one woman in this movie, so I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's worse. I don't think that that's worse. I don't think that that's better, but I don't know that it's worse. So, like, I don't think I was let down in that regard. I just think it wasn't dwelled upon. Yeah. Similarly, I I'm a little bit pleased that like race wasn't mentioned at all. True. Because I think there would have been like had that been a thing that was added to the story, it would have been awkward. Uh-huh. And I don't know how I personally would have been able to deal with that, particularly given the week that we are recording this. Ooh, um yeah. like everything is trash, so I really don't know how this shit would go. Yeah, George God Orwell damn. wrote this month of 2020. Like, 
this in t- well, I mean, pretty much all of 2020 is like just <laughs> like I don't know what this is, but like uh yeah, I know what this, this is. is canceled. Um, uh, <laughs> 2020 <laughs> is canceled. <laughs> no, what I think is that you know when we killed Harambe. Uh, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where you're going with that. Oh, you'll what? you'll you'll see. You'll see. Uh, because that act is what put us down this timeline. <laughs> I'm. I don't know how to deal with that. This started with the wrong thing. I'm fucking like I can't breathe. I don't know. <laughs> I can't breathe and I'm struggling but oh god okay this is alright this synopsis is like five pages long so let's dive into it Um, okay I'll get us started with this um for the record uh because I'm not going to mention this later um Edward Norton is the narrator um I just feel like that makes sense. Okay. We are never given a name for this man, which is I need to tell everybody a thing that is going to be a problem for me if we keep doing movies like that. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Including the entire last trilogy we just did of the man with no name. I'm getting real (laughs) sick of protagonists without fucking names. The Um, Academy loves protagonists without names. I I fucking hate it, and I need that to stop. Like, Along with uh, um, people getting beaten up while they're maniacally laughing. Yeah. That has happened twice now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although this didn't get a lot of Academy Award attention, so I can't really say that. Um, film buffs love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, like, this is interesting i think is this the first like thing that is termed a cult classic that has shown up on here um i, I don't think... understand what cult classic even means as a phrase but i like... mean i'm pretty sure a cult classic in order for it to qualify as that it needs mm-hmm. to be bad in terms of critically interesting and fight club as far as i know is a critical darling for i i could see reasons. that I could see that. I'm, like, not mad at this movie. I'm just mad yeah. at what it did to me, and we will get to that later. Like, I will get to what happens after this movie later. All right, let's dive in with this. I realize I should have worn my glasses, and I didn't, but here the fuck we go. Um, All right. We back out of the webbing of neurons and brain cells as the title credits appear, finding ourselves emerging from a pore on the sweat-glistened skin of our protagonist, a.k.a. the narrator, a.k.a. Edward Norton. Um, As he looks down the barrel of a gun that has been stuck in his mouth, the gun is held by a man named Tyler, who checks his watch, counting down to ground zero before he asks the narrator if the narrator has anything to say. The narrator mumbles through the gun, before it's removed and says more clearly that he can't think of anything. As Tyler looks out of the high-rise window to the dark city below them, the narrator recalls just how he met Tyler before stopping himself and bringing us to the beginning 
of the story. I know why this is long, because the person who wrote this put every single fine fucking detail in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like genuinely unnecessary, but Yep. Well, well here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh the narrator tells us he hasn't slept for six months. His job as a traveling product recall specialist for a car company doesn't help his insomnia since he must travel often, experiencing bouts of jet lag in addition to the everyday stress of his position. Admiring the tiny life of single serving soap and shampoo at every location. If you can't sleep <laughs> He surfs the channels or browses through Fernie, a parody of Ikea. He did say Ikea at one point, right? He absolutely said Ikea. Cool. Like, he absolutely said Ikea and then said something about it being from Switzerland. I remember that being in the script. I am so annoyed <laughs> by reading this line. All I'm right. like just annoyed by it but anyway ikea fine. catalogs purchasing the next piece of decor to add to his apartment he's a self-proclaimed slave of consumerism he goes to his doctor seeking help but all the doctor will do is suggest an herbal supplement instead of drugs and that the narrator visit a support group for testicular cancer to see real pain there's there's a statement made there <laughs> yeah the only pain is when you lose your balls okay uh, the satirization of toxic masculinity begins that i guess yep. this movie just missed uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway i am going to get to that uh yeah. there the narrator meets robert bob paulson the big moosey with and an ex bodybuilder and steroid user who suffers from an extreme case of gynecomastia due to hormone treatment after his testicles were removed. To, um, for the um, people who are unsure what the fuck that means, mm -hmm. he has tits. Yes, this man has tits. He is giant genuine tits like yep. they, like they look like 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 actual like 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 giant mammy titties um <laughs> mammy titties <laughs> i'm i'm there's no other way for me to describe it it's a very particular kind of thing and y'all know what i'm talking about when they're just so large that at a certain point when they do just sort of look like they would be comforting <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Yes. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Bob is quite willing to hug the narrator in support. Stuck between Bob's enormous breasts, the narrator finally finds peace and bursts into tears. This is what I'm saying. This I have to say, that is the most <laughs> relatable moment that this narrator had throughout the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I believe that. I I fully believe that. Fully, <laughs> fully believe that you would just find yourself between these <laughs> between these giant tits and you will find yourself crying, not due to lack of oxygen or anything, but simply because you suddenly feel <laughs> just like you're being supported by somebody and you just and yeah i understand this part made sense to me <laughs> i was like yeah no i see it mm -hmm. the emotional release allows him to sleep and he subsequently <laughs> subsequently becomes addicted to support groups mapping out his week attending different meetings and feigning illness 
However, the appearance of a woman named Marla Singer throws the narrator's system out of whack. He recognizes her as a tourist, having seen her at multiple meetings, including testicular cancer. <clears throat> that was just genuinely hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is disturbed by her lies to the point that he can't sleep anymore. <laughs> oh, dear. After one meeting, he confronts her. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, um, <laughs> she argues that she's doing exactly what he does and quips that groups are cheaper than a movie and there's free coffee. God, I hated that. Uh, anyway, um, instead of ratting each other out, they agree to split up the week and exchange numbers. Despite his efforts, the narrator's insomnia continues. On a flight back from one of his business trips, he meets... The narrator meets Tyler Durden. Tyler offers a unique perspective on emergency procedure manuals in the airplane, and they strike up a casual conversation. Tyler is a soap salesman. If he's not working nights as a projectionist and slipping bits of porn between the reels, um, which was funny to me, uh, but (laughs) we'll leave that alone. Um, You know, I mm, whatever we'll get to it at the end. I there's a there's a thing that I that I will note about my own personality that I hate but is also kind of funny. Um, the narrator arrives at the baggage claim to discover that his suitcase has been confiscated, most likely due to a mysterious vibration before his tax, like before he taxis home. Taxis as a verb is weird. Yeah. Before he, before he takes a lift home, there we are. Um, however, home, a 15th story condominium, has been blasted into the night by what was theorized as to be a faulty gas line ignited by a spark from the refrigerator. Having nowhere to go, the narrator finds Tyler's business card and calls him up. They meet in a parking lot behind a bar where Tyler invites the narrator to come to live with him on one condition, that the narrator hit Tyler as hard as he can. The narrator, though puzzled, complies, and they engage in a fistfight before sharing a couple of drinks. The experience is surprisingly euphoric, and the narrator and Tyler return to Tyler's dilapidated house, where it's clear that Tyler is squatting. Tyler and the narrator engage in more fights over the coming days, and they soon attract the attention of other, quote-unquote, tough guys. I appreciate that that was in quotes in this. Yep. (laughs) Finding their little fighting group growing, Tyler establishes a formal fight club in the basement of the bar where they had their first fight. Membership quickly increases, and Tyler and the narrator fashion a series of rules. The first two being, you do not talk about Fight Club. The rules are consistently broken, with members inviting their friends to join them. Time and again, Tyler proves his insightful, if unorthodox and immoral, views on life. Hmm. The narrator meets up with Marla by chance, telling her that he hasn't attended any other meetings because he's joined a new support group for men only. While he still treats her with mild contempt, it's clear that he considers her with interest. She, When she overdoses on Xanax, 
She calls the narrator who, tired of her rambling, sets the phone down. He discovers later that Tyler picked up the phone and followed the call to Marla's home and brought her back to the house where they engage in vigorous sex, which much to the narrator's dis- or sorry, much to the narrator's disgust. <clears throat> the next morning in the kitchen, Marla finds the narrator who is astonished to see her in the house. The narrator's astonishment insults her and then le- she leaves in disgust. After she leaves, Tyler enters the kitchen and joyfully reveals that he and Marla had sex the night before. I mean, no fucking shit, but okay. Um, (laughs) He also gravely makes the narrator promise that he'll never mention Tyler to Marla. That night, the narrator joins Tyler while he steals human fat out of the dumpster of a liposuction (laughs) clinic. Tyler says that the best fat for making the soap he sells comes from human beings. Back in their kitchen, Tyler shows the narrator how to render tallow from the fat. After explaining a bit about the history of soap making, Tyler plants a wet kiss on the back of the narrator's hand and dumps pure lye on the spot, causing a horrific chemical burn. Mm -hmm. Tyler refuses to let the narrator wash the lye off his hand, saying the water will worsen the burn, and tells the narrator that the burn is a rite of passage. Tyler has burned his own hand in an identical way. Tyler also forces the narrator to accept allegiance to him and then neutralizes the burn with vinegar. Later, when they meet with a cosmetic salesperson at a department store, the narrator remarks that Tyler's soap sells for a very high price. <sighs> Wild. I I feel like there is a thing here that reminds me a little bit of Nazi Germany that I don't really want to talk about. Okay. But it was, well, it was the first thing I immediately thought of when they were using human, when they were using humans to make soap. Oh, right. Yeah, that was one of the things where I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I don't like this movie. Um, But then I'm also like, I don't know that I dislike this movie. I just know that that part rubbed me very much the wrong way. Um, mm-hmm. I feel it would be remiss to not point that particular part out. Also, I, I feel like Ed Gein is another thing to point out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, despite the fact that he never made soap out of nobody, but also like uh, people who enjoy this movie and then hear about Ed Gein, I just I feel like there's a there's a thing at some point there where people would have to be like where it would be hard to find where the line was. You know what I mean? Anyway, with the narrator, he holds a college dropout at gunpoint and threatens to kill him if he doesn't pursue his dream of becoming a, vet- a veterinarian, which, wow. Um, he allows Lou, the owner of the bar where their fight is held, to beat him up. Uh, this is Tyler they're talking about. Um, to beat him up before coughing blood all over him and demanding to stay in the basement. Horrified, Lou agrees. Tyler gives the club members a homework assignment. They will all pick a fight with a complete stranger and lose. The narrator says it's a much harder task um, than anyone would think. 
Bob accosts people in down in a downtown plaza. Another member antagonizes a priest. After a period of days, Marla leaves and Tyler introduces the narrator to his newest hobby. Using his proficient skills in soap making, Tyler has turned the basement of the house into a laboratory where he uses soap and other ingredients to make explosives. Tyler and the narrator continue managing Fight Club, but this time at a much different frequency. Receiving flack at work, the narrator finally confronts his boss with knowledge about substandard practice and negotiates to work from home with increased pay to keep his mouth shut. When his boss objects and calls security, the narrator beats himself up severely so that by the time security arrives, they are led to believe that the narrator's boss assaulted his employee. Which... That was some excellent acting in that yeah. scene. That, I, that scene flat out was great. <laughs> honestly, because like the thing about that scene that was fascinating is it genuinely looked partially due to camera angles that this man actually was being hit in the face repeatedly yeah. by somebody else because of the sheer amount of force with which he like was thrown into things. Mm-hmm. That must have been fucking difficult to film. My God. Yep. Oof. Dear me. Anyway. Um, Tyler eventually assigns homework to his recruits and preaches to them about the detriments of consumerism and relying on society and authority figures. He proposes to revert back to a time where a man's worth depended on the sweat on his back, and here's the part where it became very highly well i mean it was toxic prior to that but this part then was like oh no they're acting now fully entirely on toxic masculinity in a way that now is violent toward everybody else um that was just a general summary of the remainder of the movie anyway (laughs) um the the philosophy involved uh, sorry evolves um into what Tyler calls Project Mayhem, and the fighting in basements turns into mischievous acts of vandalism and destruction. The their actions don't go unnoticed, but Tyler manages to show the lead to show the lead investigator that the very people he's hunting are those that they depend on. Waiters, bus drivers, so sewer engineers. I almost said sewer. <laughs> Like, as in seamstresses. Yes. (laughs) That which also hilarious if the line had actually been changed to seamstresses. But all right. (laughs) Sewer engineers and more. They threaten the police chief with castration and the investigation is called off. The dilapidated house where Tyler and the narrator live turns into Mayhem Central, where each new recruit is put through a rigorous period of initiation training and where the latest plans are hatched. While Project Mayhem grows, the narrator begins to feel more and more distant from Tyler and jealousy sets in, making him go so far as to beat up and disfigure one recruit, uh, the one that is played by Jared Leto, I would like to point out, the one that I didn't fucking recognize. Anyway, um, because he wanted to destroy something beautiful. As he walks, which is also a wild thing to say about Jared Leto, but anyway, um, As they walk away from this Fight Club meeting, Tyler drives the narrator to 
the narrator and two members to, oh, sorry, in a large Lincoln town car. In the rain, Tyler taunts the narrator. Um, in the rain, Tyler taunts the narrator, suggesting, suggesting, there we go, that he hasn't begun to live his life to his fullest potential. When he allows the car to drift into oncoming traffic, Tyler scolds the narrator for being weak and pathetic. Tyler then admits that he destroyed the narrator's apartment. The narrator finally gives in, and he, Tyler lets the car drift, and they slam head-on with another vehicle. They emerge from the wreck, and Tyler, with Tyler exclaiming that the narrator has a new life based on his living through a near-death experience. Ugh. That one was also fucking awful. Uh, I because I hate car accidents. That's a thing I hate in all movies. Um, no matter what the movie is, if there is a car accident, I'm going to hate it, and I'm probably going to hate the movie too. Um, but well, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that might have been the reason for the. Well, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> when we get through this, I will explain what happened all to right. me post watching this. Cool. Mm-hmm. When Tyler disappears for a while, the narrator is left at home with an ever-increasing band of Mayhem members who watch television and laugh at their publicized acts of vandalism. When the narrator demands to know more about their mischief, Bob tells him the first rule of Project Mayhem is you don't ask questions. Later... Bob is killed during a botched sabotage operation, and the narrator seeks to disband the group before things get out of fucking control, which I'm not going to lie to you, it's been out of control for about 30 minutes now in this movie. (laughs) About 35 minutes in, in this movie, it's been completely the fuck out of control. Actually, I'd argue it's been more of an hour, now that I think about it. It's been out of control for a fucking hour of this movie. This narrator is late, is what I'm saying. Um, he tries to find Tyler and discovers a list of phone numbers he's re- he recently used. The narrator trails the list all over the country, discovering that fight clubs have sprouted up fucking everywhere. <laughs> like daisies. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Mushu in Mulan. <laughs> They just popped out of the ground like daisies. Anyway, <laughs> fine. Um. At one particular bar, the bartender addresses the narrator as sir, which prompts the narrator to ask if he knows him. The bartender, after being assured that he's not being put through a test, tells the narrator that he is Tyler Durden. In shock, the narrator returns to his hotel and calls up Marla, asking if they've ever had sex. Though irritated, Marla confirms their relationship and states that she knows him as Tyler Durden. Marla hangs up and Tyler suddenly appears in the room and confronts the narrator, telling him he broke his promise to not speak about Tyler to Mara. Mara? Marla. (laughs) Um, A few minutes of conversation confirms that they are, indeed, one person. The narrator, oh, <laughs> the narrator has insomnia. He can't sleep, so whenever he thinks he is, or at random parts of a day, Tyler's persona takes over. The epiphany causes the narrator to faint. When he wakes up, he finds another phone list beside him with calls from all over the country. I would like to point out for everybody that that is the twist. That is the, that is the twist of this movie. Um, that is the twist that everybody claims is the twist of the movie, which I don't 
Like, again, knowing that going in makes this movie considerably better to watch. Yeah. Because you get to see all of those moments where you're like, like, for example, where Marla gets suddenly offended by the fact that he doesn't realize that they just had wild sex all evening. Yes. Like, that whole moment doesn't make any fucking sense unless you know this already. <laughs> and what the fact that you never see like those two characters with interacting with other people in the same like interacting with like a single other person like one other person like you see them interacting with a larger group of people with other people in the room mm-hmm. but typically it's like if it's just one person like for example with Marley you only see one of them and you don't see yeah. the other like just things like that that you notice that make you sort of appreciate this movie and its filmography just a little bit more. Yeah. Anyway, he returns to his home to find it completely empty, but one bulletin board yields a display of folders detailing certain buildings within the financial district. He finds that each one has been infiltrated by members of Project Mayhem and that Tyler is planning on destroying them, thereby erasing credit card company records and wiping the slate clean, which, um, <laughs> this is clearly a pre-internet plan, um, <laughs> which, like, because well and truly, I don't, I, I don't know that I'd be that mad. Um, <laughs> like, if that's what they chose to do, I wouldn't necessarily be pissed. If, like, basically, ah, oh, shit, all the records are gone. Oh no, I'd be like, that's actually. Uh, all I'm saying is they should have targeted Sally May. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, where the fuck are we? Okay, there we go. In a panic, the narrator grabs all the information and reports himself to the local police. However, after telling the inspector everything he knows and being left with two officers, the narrator discovers that the two that the officers he has been left with are mayhem members. And they tell him that they were instructed to they were instructed by him to take the balls of anyone who interfered with Project Mayhem, even him. The narrator manages to escape by stealing one of the officer's pistols and runs to one of the buildings set for demolition. He finds an unmarked van in the parking garage filled with nitroglycerin. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, anyway, and attempts to disarm the bomb. Tyler appears and goads him by the narrator. Um, sorry, and goads him, but the narrator successfully disarms the bomb. He and Tyler then engage in a fierce fight, which appears oddly in the surveillance camera since the narrator is only fighting himself, which, yeah. Um, the Tyler personality wins and reactivates the bomb, and the narrator brings himself to another building where he can safely watch the destruction. Back at the opening scene, the narrator with the gun in his mouth mumbles again and tells Tyler, I still can't think of anything. Tyler smiles and says, ah, flashback humor. Genuinely a really funny bit. (laughs) Uh, The narrator begs that Tyler abandon the product, product? Project. (laughs) 
but Tyler I mean, is adamant. That's a funny slip up. I'm not gonna lie. Oh my god, <laughs> Tyler, abandon this product. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's what you have to say to Beauty Guru YouTube. Um, I anyway. was about to say, yeah, they're not they're not Fight Club members anymore. They're Beauty Tubers. <gasps> <laughs> that's that's the remake um so we're (laughs) jumping ahead that's the fucking remake that's exactly what this needs to be fight club for beauty gurus on youtube that's what i want um tyler jordan's played by jeffree star specifically i just ooh, (laughs) ooh, i just want to see the beauty guru gaze specifically fight the fuck out of each other i just want to see it there are some of them that i like most of them i don't and i just want to watch them scratch the shit out of each other's faces um oh because you know they'll be scratching i want they they would because none of them look scrappy um none of them look scrappy enough to like really know how to throw a punch but they all look like they got long enough nails to scratch a bitch anyway Um, <laughs> that's just that was funny to me yep. and magnificent. All right, so uh, he professes that what he's doing is saving mankind from the oppression of consumerism and unnecessary luxuries, and that there won't even have to be any casualties. The people who work in the buildings are all mayhem members, completely aware of the plan. Never breaking point, the narrator comes to the realization that. Tyler does whatever Tyler does he can do he sees Tyler with the gun in his hand and realizes that it's actually in his hand he puts it up to his own chin and tells Tyler to listen to him he says that his eyes are open and then he pulls the puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger the bullet shoots out of the side of his jaw and Tyler is killed with a gaping wound to the back of his head As the narrator recovers, members of Project Mayhem arrive with snacks and Marla in tow. Tyler had previously instructed her to be brought to them. Yes. Seeing Tyler's wounds, the Mayhem members leave Marla alone with him to go fetch some medical supplies. Tyler stands with Marla um, and tells... Oh, yeah, sorry. Um... Tyler is now in quotes, which I think is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler stands with Marlon, tells her that everything's going to be fine, um, as the first detonation ignites the building in front of them. The, the others on the block soon follow suit, and Tyler takes Marla's hand and tell in his and tells her, you met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. That part was funny um, to me because understatements are very fucking funny to me. Like, they, like <laughs> understatements at very like cinematic moments are very funny to me. And that was the understatement of the fucking year um, of the fucking century, I might say. But that's not saying much because this was 1999. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Um of that century, not of this century. <laughs> anyway. Um, da, 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 da. They watch as the explosives go off and the buildings collapse, and that is the end of the synopsis, thank fucking God. Now, <laughs> here's a couple things here. After watching this movie, I proceeded to... Uh, my mental health got fucked up uh, for a, a little bit there. Um, 
I I'm partially going to now that we're looking back at this and have gone through this, I think the car accident might have had something to do with that. Um, okay. The reason I have such an issue with car accident scenes and sequences is that I've been in several of them. The two major ones that I've been in, um, both of which like involved like not head-on collisions, but like my car basically got T-boned and like utterly destroyed. Um, the first one I emerged without a scratch. I'm assuming that was because I was 17 years old at the time. Um and just bounce back from everything. But my uncle's knee was completely and utterly destroyed. And he's never been able to walk uh, perfectly again since then. He has to walk with a cane now and has done since I was 17 years old. And the next one was about uh, five and a half years later. And that one I was injured in. And that one, my injury was a dislocated toe which led Ooh. to a very very weird encounter with a dude in an in an emergency room um the story of which is literally simply that there were two technicians that ran into the room very suddenly after giving me a fuck ton of pain meds. So I was high as a fucking kite, had no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> and they just sort of popped my, like dis my dislocated toe back into place. <sighs> but like, while distracting me with like a dude who was yelling really loudly. <laughs> and it was like, so I had no fucking clue what was happening. But as soon as that happened, it became immediately obvious to me what the whole plan had been. <laughs> it was a smart plan. And it was it's a good way to do it but like that was wild um also oh also the like younger technician the younger like nurse techs that were there earlier on were very cute but anyway that's um a separate thing but because i like have like just a mild amount of ptsd pertaining to those accidents anytime i see like I'm sort of forced to in a film be in a car with the person as these things are happening. It fucks with my, like if with the entirety of my brain and health for a few days, um, there was a panic attack yesterday. That was definitely not great. I watched this movie on Wednesday. We're recording this on Friday. Um, <clears throat> definitely lots of arguments and yelling uh, with people unnecessarily over uh, the course of a couple days there not great um but also there's a part of my brain that that enjoys um i i think it might be just sort of the dark part of possibly everybody's brain i mean i could be wrong <laughs> i i know it's the dark part of my brain that just lives for chaos yep <laughs> yeah like it's just like the what that part of my brain that's like just like, what if I just burned everything to the fucking ground? Let's see what the fuck happens. Like, that part of my yeah. brain. It's not a good part of the brain. It's also not the same part as the other side of my brain that's, like, um, that, like, tells me evil shit about myself. Like, you know what? Like, well, anybody with depression knows that part of their brain. Um, But, like, that, like, those two parts of my brain are, like, different parts, but they are equally weird and devastating um and say a lot of weird shit um and think a lot of very weird things but the elements of this movie that sort of like prompted the chaos portion of my brain mm -hmm. to just sort of take note of things that were happening on screen was interesting and odd and i don't know 
personally, I don't have a personal issue with any of that happening, but like, I don't know. It was just, those are just things that came up for me um, immediately post-watching this movie. I haven't really, like, I'm going to be excited to watch a completely different fucking movie after this, because I just, I need to wipe my brain of the shit that we saw in this one. And I'm aware that we're jumping to Forrest Gump, which I watched relatively Uh, recently. Hang on, JB. What? I'm recording. Anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, edit that out. So... That's all right. Um, so what um what I was saying was I I know the next thing we're gonna do is Forrest Gump, and I know that Forrest Gump is actually deeply depressing um yep. if you pay attention to it closely. So I'm feeling weird about the fact that that's the next thing we're gonna do. So I'm gonna watch a few comedies before I get to that one. Yeah. Um, like I'm gonna I'm pretty much just marking it at that I'm gonna start watching shit on Wednesdays, but like huh just to give myself like a day between like watching and then having to talk about it mm-hmm. just because I think that's better for processing. Um, I'm liking the idea of beauty gurus um, <laughs> doing the remake. I think that that would be the preferable way of like handling a remake of this. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to see it with other actors. It's bit, it's like, it's too recent for that. Mm. Um, I also don't know that I want to see this movie ever again, so like that doesn't really make sense, but I would love to see a comedic parody of it. Yes. And with beauty gurus, that would make sense. Or RuPaul's Drag Race contestants. Like, Oh, God. Both of which would be wild. Granted, I don't know how, like, again, the chaotic part of someone's brain just becoming manifest in its own personality. I don't really know that that would work well with drag queens, but I would love to see it <laughs> i would love to see it attempted <laughs> all right mm-hmm. so do we want to go to pros and cons sure um so pros for this uh helena bottom carter is in peak fucking form this whole goddamn movie oh god yeah her as marla is amazing <laughs> like I feel like we just casually occasionally need to remind ourselves that she's very good at what she does. Yep. Um, her accent slipped a lot during this movie, though. Oh, like really? a lot. I didn't notice, actually. <laughs> really? It was like any time her voice became even slightly animated or loud at all, like her accent completely dropped. Oh, like God. it was. Yeah, like, if you were to go back, which I'm not recommending doing, but any time, like, she's fighting with the narrator, like, or is in any way, shape, or form emotional, oh. like, it's it's immediately obvious there. But otherwise, it's she did super well. Um, oh, God, I don't yeah. know if that's just, like, if that's just a thing of, like, it's difficult with emotion and an accent to, like, make, like, it's it's difficult when you are emotional to do any sort of accent that is not actually your authentic one yeah that is just a difficult thing Mm -hmm. i've also never really tried to do that actually no i have done that with a southern one but that's like different it's not like a continental way um (laughs) that's not continental way that's a pretty easy one to like maintain but that's (laughs) the only time i have ever done that Mm -hmm. um but that's also my only con for her is like, as far as acting is concerned, um, 
Edward Norton is also in peak fucking form in this movie. Yeah, the acting in this movie is top fucking notch. Like, this is definitely one of the better Brad Pitt performances. Yeah. Which also has me thinking that I don't think I don't think Interview with a Vampire is on this list, but if we were going to do a movie Monday, I would actually love it to be. Um, do you want Interview with a Vampire? Do you want to do this uh, Interview with a Vampire for this movie Monday because Brad Pitt was in it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely would to compare the two performances. All right, um, you've heard it here. Yeah. Next movie Monday, the- Interview with a Vampire. Hey, um, because like honestly, it's so like. I always think of him as like not necessarily being a great actor. Um, (laughs) And even with this, I don't necessarily know that I'm wrong, (laughs) but like, like not because he did anything wrong with this, but like the scenes where I was like, no, he's very good at this was in fact the scene with the lie. Yeah. That was like, which also that fully Oh, weird coincidence, actually. After watching this movie, I couldn't fucking sleep, like, all night. It was awful. But um, you were out what that led clubs. me to is... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what that led me to doing is watching a bunch of, like, um, Sophia Nygaard on YouTube. <laughs> Which, sure, um, whatever. It was either that or costume YouTube, and I just didn't, <laughs> it didn't have it for that moment. Um, but the most recent video she did was on soap making. Oh, no. And I was just like, I can't do this. This is so upsetting. Oh, God. Um, but this I also, it also bothers me because I really have wanted to try soap making. But I also, this is, but the lie is specifically the reason that I don't. Because um, lie is horrifying and scary um, and can hurt people. And I'm too clumsy to make that happen so you will not see me attempting that shit because i value my hands a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> your cons i did uh, there um car accidents and um toxic masculinity and um testicles um <laughs> i <laughs> yeah 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 (laughs) i don't have more with it i just have that (laughs) that's it that's that's it that's the whole tweet (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh my pro and con other than the acting for pros Mm -hmm. um are linked (laughs) and it's it mostly has to do with the fact that i have read the book Yep. So, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. before I say this, um, I know, of course, adaptations have to change in order to fit the different medium that they are being put into. Some things have to change. I am aware of this. But mm-hmm. the meaning and lessons of the source material still need to shine through the adaptation. Correct, and I don't think they did here because I, I don't. I couldn't tell no. you what they were. No, and that I will get to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, pro besides the acting, for the most part, this is actually bizarrely faithful to the book, considering the dialogue for most of mm. this movie is word for word from the book. 
mm. which is very rare. <laughs> that is so, interesting. Credit where it's due. However, I feel because like the book from the first page was a very heavy-handed that this is a satire. They bring up oh, that the narrator is questioning his sexuality, and that is the reason why he invents Tyler Durden. They specifically say that in his internal monologue and from the Tyler persona and in an argument with Marla. It is very, very obvious that this is the result of toxic masculinity and internalized homophobia. That's fun. So. <laughs> I love that. That's fun feels like the most inappropriate response <laughs> to that. But, um, that, but that is, that fits yes. and does make sense. And so, like, it would provide a better read of yeah. the story. So, um, and because that lesson did not translate well to the movie, it brought this movie into the you're missing the point by idolizing them crowd with the Joker, Joe Exotic, Rick Sanchez, Heisenberg, Michael Corleone, Alex DeLarge, Darth Maul, you fucking name it. Um, yep. Yeah. Any villain and, that we look at and we're like, yes, villain. Oh yes, God. bitch. Uh, oh, God. I hate, I hate that brand so much. Because it has it has nothing to do with the story being told. It has everything to do with fucking stupid people. Yep. Yeah. Though I'm not gonna lie, you mentioning that this would that you mentioning this alongside um, mentioning missing the point, it does make me think that this movie would be very interesting if you combined this with the Joker. Yeah, this is the 1999 Joker. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, literally, if you combine, <laughs> like, if you made the origin story of the Joker this, oh. it would make a lot of sense. It would. Like, mm. if, if it would make a lot of sense if the ending were shifted in that Tyler, um, in that uh, Tyler Durden didn't die, but instead became the operative, like, one yeah. of that personality, and that one is the, is Joker. Oh, basically. also. Also, this movie fucked up the ending. Oh, did it? Yeah, that's not the ending in the fucking book. Oh. Uh, the ending in the book is the narrator shoots himself, blacks out, wakes up in a hospital, and oh. all of the hospital workers are Project Mayhem members. That's dark and I hate it. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, but it's good, too. I yeah, deny. which Ooh. that brings forth the moral of the story is that your toxic actions will come back to haunt you. Yep. That brought the moral brilliantly and they completely ruined it with a happy ending. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a happy ending. I would call that a Bittersweet ending, ending in the middle of something and you left out a scene. Yeah. <laughs> like like fully the movie ends in a way where I'm like you have a full additional scene to this that you didn't film. Yeah. Like there's a, this isn't an ending. This is a we're done filming um because of butt bit. <laughs> yes. But like there's we happy music. Budget on explosions. So <laughs> they're, they're holding hands and there's happy music. So like right, fair. <sighs> As the world burns, which I mean, I don't know what, what that fucking means, but yeah. uh, so also, oh, it, yeah. well, never mind. That just again added a. I just am gonna go back to actually the other remake that I would like is this, but it's the Joker. Yeah, 
Like, just, just because. Just simply because. And also because it would just be a better origin story for an agent of chaos. Yes. Which is also, oh, fuck. Actually, wait a minute. There's a whole plot line wherein the Joker um, is Red Hood. Oh. Is part of the Red Hood gang. The Red Hood gang is simply Project Mayhem. And also, like, Joker's goons already are Project Mayhem. Yeah. That, so, like, it just, it yeah. adds up and is already a thing. I just, I don't know. I think it would be an easy shift for um, Tyler's, for, not Tyler, um, for the narrator's, um, I keep wanting to call the narrator, like, John for some reason. I know that's not his name, but, like, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to call him John. Um, I'm going to call him John just because John is shorter than narrator. Gotcha. So, um, or Jack, because oh, the poems. Jack does make sense. I, I will. We will call him Jack. Yeah. Um, so, if... Um, like if Jack's career there was actually still a tie into that stand up comedy thing, yeah, it would still make sense. Mm-hmm. But even the Joker failing at stand up comedy, like it wasn't the way that they did it in the movie. It was more that he he just failed at like I don't know. His act was weird, but it wasn't like off puttingly weird. It was mm-hmm. just that the jokes weren't funny and his delivery was terrible. Yeah. Like, so, but that not necessarily causing the madness, that that just sort of being a, and him not already being completely batshit insane. Like, that's the, that, I don't know. When we eventually get to the Joker, I will have a more an, full analysis of why that movie is fucking trash, but. We will get um, there, it's on the list. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm mad it's on the list, mm-hmm. but. Um, like, but like, ultimately this would be a good story and origin for that, which I suppose is why the Red Hood narrative also exists as far as the Joker story, because it is literally this one. Yeah. (laughs) I will look into it later in a future thing to see if they are, um, if they have been tied at Mm -hmm. some point, like if that, if that is a comparison that someone has made, which I can't imagine it wouldn't be. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, also, just to drive the point home that this movie did not illustrate the book's point, I literally know someone who started a fight club. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they started a fight club, which, yeah. Uh, uh, this this is a book written by a gay man about a questioning man making a hot imaginary friend. Please don't do that. <laughs> Wait, Charles is gay? Yes, Chuck Palahniuk is, is, uh, is gay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I like, I don't know how I missed that, but I completely didn't know that. Yeah, he's gay. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Oh, that then makes that narrative make a considerably, a considerably larger amount of sense. Yeah. It also makes sense that every line that Kyle, that, uh, again, oh, Kyler is almost what I called him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, that, um, that uh mr jack there um yeah every line he has is like a little bit sassy yeah <laughs> like, if you like if you you can see it just a little bit more there and his read on like any conversation he's having with marla is a little bit on the sassy side and i yes. can, find it kind of funny mm-hmm. 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 but anyway 
Um, um, yeah, anything before we get to rating? I, I don't know, because I don't know how I feel about this movie, and I wanted to just sort of say either way if I hated or didn't hate this movie. Yeah, this is a hard and movie I to critique. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have a feeling on it, like, really. I'm like, ah... Uh, it's a movie that exists. It is. I don't hate it, but I did not love it. Um, well, let's let's it, try with our rating system. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, let's see if that gives us something. So, plot is the story compelling. I mean, it's certainly interesting. Like, I was engaged. Yeah, that's one thing. So, um, yeah, I was engaged, and it was by the plot that I was engaged. Yeah, so we'll give it a star. At least yeah, I will. I'll give it one for that. <laughs> we for are sure. free to have our own ratings, though, JP. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I absolutely know. I just completely. Yeah. I. That is what I would give it there. Cool. That is. I'm answering for me. That is what yeah. I would give it there. <laughs> um, pacing. Um, this movie didn't feel slow at any point. At least for me. No, it didn't feel slow. There was a little like I had an issue with basically just how much was in this movie yeah but i don't know that that was necessarily a pacing issue yeah because i don't think it like i don't know that it had a pacing issue just so as so much as it was like doing a lot yeah so i became exhausted because it was doing a lot Mm -hmm. i and i don't know that that i don't know where that would go actually like, I don't know where it was doing a lot and I was exhausted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't feel like a thing. So I'm going to give it I'll give it a, a a thing for the pacing was fine. It hmm. was just doing a lot and I got exhausted. Yeah. Um, acting. Um, I, th- I think the acting was good. I'm going to give it a star. That's an obvious check. For yeah. Me. <laughs> There's an obvious check for me right there. <laughs> um writing i'm honestly not gonna give it one because it didn't really articulate the part of its source material okay that i can i can see that i um i would give it the i would give it the uh check for the part of the source material that it did keep in that the actual writing of it is still pretty great despite the despite it not necessarily also i guess from just my perspective having never actually consumed the book at all yeah um i do like the script that is that was delivered here um Mm. it has some quips and things in it that i think are pretty funny but also there if for nothing else than that than every like weird chaos speech that Tyler has yeah like they're all very good um and like i don't know in the moments where you have to sit with somebody who's going through a monologue of some type mm-hmm. those are the moments where i'm like here's where your writing is either great or shit um is when you can sit and have a narrator or a narrator not even a narrator just a character monologue about something and it making sense within that um also like if you didn't know the the plot twist like it you wouldn't necessarily have caught on to the fact that that plot twist was a thing prior to that part so if you can hold on to a twist and not necessarily reveal it too early Mm -hmm. but then also have a bunch of hints in it prior to it yeah all of those are things that I give a that I 
sort of factor in when I'm giving this a check. And I, so those are all the reasons that I will give it a check. Um, here. I'll give it half a star for me. <laughs> oh, shit. I convinced you. Yeah. You convinced me. <laughs> Yeah, fuck yeah. Woo! Um, I also should fully note that I haven't been keeping track of what I did thus far, but I think I've given it one for every one thus far. Uh, yes, you have. So you currently have it at four stars <laughs> out of ten. Fabulous. Okay. Uh, cool. Soundtrack. Um, I liked the soundtrack. I thought it was, uh, it was funky. It was cool. I remember the opening credits song. <laughs> so... I... Uh, the only one that I like, I don't actually remember any of it. Um, it it has been a day and a half, and I don't remember it. No. So I'm gonna say a no on that one. Okay. Whereas like other ones we've had have been like so iconic that I've been like, yes, I've been hearing it in my head mm-hmm. for three weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drag <laughs> all of Lord of the Rings for making me think about it three weeks later. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, directing. Um, I, mm. I, I think so. This was a well put together movie. Listen, knowing that it was nine years between Vogue and this, I think he's done pretty well. <laughs> he directed the Vogue music video, I'm Deceased. That still doesn't make any fucking sense. But all right, <laughs> sure. Like, I would like to hold those two things up as just pieces of movies <laughs> and like sort of compare them for a second. And the fact that they don't, I don't know. One of them doesn't indicate the, like, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. They were, they're both interesting pieces of art. Okay. Uh, cinematography. I'm going to give it one. I'm going to give it one because, again, that fight choreo. Yeah, this was, this all together had some really nice shots. Yeah. Like, that whole sequence where he is literally fighting, where he's fighting himself in his boss's office is the thing that's going to win it for me. All right. Like, because that was buck wild, like, must have been buck wild to film and must have been absolutely batshit insane yeah where i would dock it actually you know what i will give it half a point because i am docking it for the car accident sequence <laughs> okay there we go all right yeah mm-hmm. um immersion did you stay engaged yep yeah i did same it's <laughs> like i i was i was enthralled as our text thread yeah <laughs> sort of oh boy what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> This is every few minutes on the feed. Like, I don't fucking understand what is happening. Well, I do understand what's happening, but I don't like that I understand what's happening. <laughs> that's that's where I fell, y'all. Um, yep. Oh, dear. So, mm-hmm. uh, rewatchability. Fuck no, I'm never rewatching this movie. <laughs> um... <laughs> This I know good and well I'm never rewatching this movie. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would want to rewatch the movie, but this has this has me wanting to reread the book. Would that count as a half point? I'm gonna give it half a point for that. Okay. That sounds like a half point thing. Yeah. If it makes you wanna come back to something that is not directly this movie, but is related to this movie, I feel like that would count. Yeah. 
I feel like that counts as half. That's what I'm going to use for mm-hmm. my like sort of half mark there. Like if it makes me want to consume more in relation to this. Yeah. Oh, fuck. There's something we didn't mention that I have to remember after this. Um, a comparison to something okay. a little more on the modern side. All right. Um, yeah. Um, overall enjoyability. Uh, was the movie fun or provocative of meaningful thought or emotion? Um, it provoked emotion in me. I don't know that the, the emotion I had was meaningful. I, I, I'm aware. Nihilism? Yeah. <laughs> is that the word? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, this, like I'm aware that this is a satire because I'm familiar with the source material. So yeah. see, seeing these events play out and knowing the knowledge firsthand makes this movie enjoyable if it gave me a panic attack do i give it a point like Um, that's ultimately where i'm sitting here i'm like if the movie gave me a panic attack a day after i finished watching it do i give it a check mark you give it that is actually a genuine question i fully don't know maybe half. i'm gonna give it half yeah i think i am gonna give it half mainly because like it it did it provoke emotion yeah was it a good emotion no no it wasn't no it was that's certainly an emotional reaction to something and i mean i i don't know that it would have caused that same level of emotion in me if we weren't in quarantine i think that might also have played a part in my sort of snapping there a little bit um but uh i don't know i'll give it half uh, but yeah, with um, with my rating, I gave it stars for everything except 2.5. So this gets a nine. <laughs> wow. Weirdly enough, I thought I was going to actually rate this a lot lower, but yeah. Yeah, I got a seven from me, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Like it got a seven, which is not bad, but it also is one of those... Wow. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I guess this movie was good. (laughs) It's like, well, shit. I get like, I have feelings about this, but I guess it's a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like, I don't know. It's a shoulder shrug. It's a shoulder shrug seven. Um, That's what I'm giving it. Shoulder shrug seven. Um, So the other connection piece that I, that I made um, I know I made this connection piece when I was when I was texting you mm-hmm. about this, but um, the narration in this, mm-hmm. I I found something that this basically connects to simply because of the style of narration. Okay, and that is the Netflix show You. Okay, which is another piece of media that people miss the fucking point on. Yeah. To the point where the central actor of that show has said, what the fuck are you doing? This man is terrible and would kill you in a heartbeat. Random fangirls who seem to want to fuck this character. (laughs) Which, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Which also, I don't know how I feel about that. Because that piece of media is is staunchly just a piece of toxic masculine garbage um, that I also incel garbage a little bit too, but like I can't see incel people necessarily loving that show. Mm -hmm. Just sort of saying like, yeah, 
no, that man has some points, but I don't like this show. <laughs> like at the same time, because he is a murderer and whatever. But anyway, um, and like, yeah. So that's how I generally speaking feel about mm-hmm. feel about that connection, which is that um, I actually would love to know if the author of that uh, was at all inspired by. Um, the narration in that in at least the movie version because i don't know mm-hmm. i'm assuming the book is in the first person yes it is i figured i i can't see that having shifted from story to story yeah um but if the if that particular way of writing all of this um sort of seeped into that i think the other the other thing about you is that it is specifically written as if it is talking to the person that is being stalked and hunted basically but the way in which that is done feels very similar to the narration style here yeah huh Another thing David Fincher directed is Mindhunter, uh, which feels relevant to all of the things pertaining to this. Yeah. And actually, uh, the actor who said, um, the uh, the henchman who said rather a few words in the last scene, mm-hmm. um, in the very last scene, he is uh, one of the main characters in Mindhunter. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it, you as soon as you see his face in Mindhunter, you recognize him immediately. He looks exactly the fucking same as he did in this movie. <laughs> he looked the same 20 full years after this movie was filmed. I don't know if that means anything. Okay. But there it is. Um, and I definitely, I don't know, the his character is different in both of those, but it's interesting an interesting thing um so yeah that'll wrap that up for this movie i think um um hopefully y'all are staying safe and well i don't have much of a long sign off for this one yeah um, pretty much I think movie monday it's too yeah, fucking uh, hot for a long sign off <laughs> right that is Christ. yeah um so uh chat like check out our movie monday that's going to be interview with the vampire which We'll have to figure out a time to record that. I don't really know when, but we'll figure it out. I think think my mom has that movie somewhere. Oh. I just nonchalantly have a lot of the movies on this list that I just have not watched. That's a wild choice for a movie for your mom. That's, like, not what I would ever assume that she would have. She Um, likes surprisingly (laughs) dark shit. Huh. That's wild. But anyway, um, (laughs) that's that's a wild one. Um, But, yeah, so... Y'all, um, if you watch this movie along with us, um, tell us, I guess, and also, um, call your therapist, um, and... <laughs> Turn up to some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That is a fucking word. Oh, God. Um, I recommend BetterHelp. Um, <laughs> they're not sponsoring this, but I recommend BetterHelp. That's the one I actually use. Um... Slash Pride Counseling, because Pride Counseling is actually the one that I use, but it's a subsidiary of BetterHelp. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, no, be well, do as much good work as humanly possible, given that you are still in a pandemic. Um, God willing, your uh, state has not necessarily fully opened up because, bitch, I know we are not ready to do that. Um, so take care of yourself. Uh, do what you got to do to take care of yourself. Uh-huh. Take care of yourself. Treat yourself. Self-care, motherfuckers. Self-care. <laughs> um, whew, take a bath with a bath bomb and stay safe out there and turn up to some seal, but don't put a seal in your bathtub. Anyway, um, that's where that's where that's ending. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.